Halo's showrunner is leaving the project. Will that change the future of the show, assuming it does move forward for a season two? Also, a new Transformers film is coming out next year. And what about Loki episode four? We'll be discussing all of this and more on today's episode of We Love That Podcast. Paxton Pritchett, and well, I think we're going to have a wonderful episode today. Today's a nice, beautiful day in Kentucky, kind of a rainy day, nice and cozy, and well, just one of those days you just want to get a cup of coffee and do a podcast episode. Now, do I have a cup of coffee in my hand? Not necessarily, but it'd be kind of cool. Kind of. Yeah. So, for this episode, we will mainly be talking about three things, first of which is the new Halo TV series coming out. Some new news, some new news, I guess you can say that, came out about it, how the showrunner is leaving. We'll also be talking about the new Transformers movie, and also we'll be talking about Loki Episode 4. Me and Adam are going to dive into that. So without further ado, let's get on to it. So, the Halo showrunner, the new TV show's showrunner, has, is the is leaving. His name is Stephen Kane, and well, yeah, he's leaving. He was been doing this work in Budapest, working on the Halo TV series for, I guess it looks like maybe two years now, and now he's leaving during, due to personal reasons. If the show is to continue on to a second season, well, this creates this creates a very interesting situation for the show. One, like we've said before on the show, I'm really looking forward to the Halo TV series. I can't wait to see Master Chief have done great justice on the screen he's never he hasn't been done the greatest justice ever now has he been on the screen like in live action yes in that movie that audio that not audio that web series halo 4 forward unto dawn and halo's also been done live action with halo nightfall a ridley scott executive produced miniseries that came out i think 2014 but neither of those i think are going to be to this caliber like, the way we're going to see Spartans in battle, along with their warthogs, along with the Marines, and the Covenants, and all of that, all together, like the games, but in live-action TV show format, I think it'll be surreal. Like, just to see those Covenant aliens running around, I guess being Covenants, I don't know how to describe it, I think that'll be really cool to see in live-action, done with great CGI stuff that's like high quality. It'd be great if it's like Mandalorian quality. So, but the, yeah, the, the showrunner is leaving, Stephen Kane. And I really don't know how much of like visionary he is for the show. Like, is this his baby? Not necessarily, I don't think it is in the sense that, I don't think he's been involved with it since they first announced it. But is he kind of the big brain behind it? And if so, that does leave a problem if they decide to make a season two. Because usually, you know, I guess, I suppose if your visionary leaves, the show's tone might change a little because every mind thinks a little differently. So if the mind of Stephen Kane left the show and they brought in someone else for season two, it might change the way it feels. And, you know, that 
always does hurt whenever two films in a series sometimes feel totally different and are a little off. Now, so that's the sad part about it, but you can look at it on the flip side. And in theory, I want to think the best of Stephen King, but what if his Halo TV series isn't the best? Season one isn't. And then season two with different showrunner is actually a lot better. So, I mean, there's a flip side to this. There's some pros and cons to getting a new showrunner, but definitely, I bet you it, it would be sad if he's, he's missed. He might be missed in season two, assuming there is a season two. Like I said before, I'm really looking forward to this show, and I do respect him leaving. He says he goes for per he's leaving for personal reasons. Like I think he's been in Budapest for like two years or something working there on this show. So I totally respect him wanting to come back to the States for personal reasons. I mean, working two years on a project outside of your home country, that does seem hard. And hopefully the show will turn out for the best. Like I said before, I think I've said a couple times in this episode already, really looking forward to this ep to this show. Really looking forward to it. I hope it will be one of the best video game adaptations ever. I mean, 2022, my brother always says, it's like it's going to be the year of video game adaptations. I mean, we got Mario movie coming out, assuming they don't postpone it. We have the Uncharted movie coming out, starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. So hope that's good. And we have a Halo TV show coming out. That's pretty cool right there. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where this is going. And... It's going to be kind of based off season one of, not season one, the first game of Halo, Halo Combat Evolved. So that means season two is going to be kind of like Halo 2, and season three is going to be like Halo 3. Just an interesting observation. I mean, like, it would be cool if they, are they, are they adapting kind of the older games, but in a new light, more intimate, so to speak? I don't know. But we'll find out, hopefully, first quarter 2022. So on to a more probably controversial subject, and that is Transformers. So, some pretty cool news was just announced a couple of weeks ago, or days ago, or something, and that is a new Transformers movie is coming out June 2022, and it's a live-action one called Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So, this will be the seventh Transformers live-action movie to come out. You know, you had the first one back in 07, Transformers, then you had the second, you know, third, fourth, fifth, and then you had Bumblebee, which was kind of a spin-off-ish thing, and then you have Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So, it'll be... Obviously, like I said before, the seventh installment in the Transformers series, and it's going to take place in the 90s. It's going to have the typical kind of battle of Autobots versus Decepticons, but they're going to really bring some interesting things in there by adding the Decept not sorry, the Maximals, the Predacons, and the Terracons to the show as well. If you know don't know what those are, let me just take you on a trip through memory lane. And that is, those are the characters in Beast Wars. Beast Wars was a show in the 90s, Transformers show, and kind of a spin-off show, I guess you could say. CGI, and it was where the Transformers turned into animals instead of robots. I'm sorry, except cars. So, for the first time ever in live action, they're adding these characters in it. So we'll see, like, Optimus Primal, he's the leader of the Maximals. We'll see other characters like Rhinox in the show as well, and others from the series. I want them to put Dinobot. Dinobot was my favorite from the Transformers Beast Wars show in the 90s, so I'm really hoping they add it in there. So this movie, I'll be honest, it, it has potential to be the best Transformers movie ever. And the reason I say that is, sadly, it doesn't have much to live up to. I mean... 
I'll be honest with y'all, I'm not here to bash Michael Bay necessarily, but I'm not the biggest fan of his Transformer films. They are in many ways so uncalled, so many so uncalled for moments in there. And I like the way that this one movie reviewer named Chris Stuckman put it, and that is the Michael Bay trans Michael Bay Transformer movies have a lot of baggage with them. You know, like the movies, I'll admit, it's been a long time since I've seen them. So when I'm saying this, I'm not saying this being an expert of the films. I've seen them all at least once. I've seen Transformers 1 and Transformers 4 multiple times. Those are kind of the ones I've rewatched the most. But I'll be honest, the movies have so many extra things that they have to have. Whether that be just moments that are kind of pervertic or just humor that's kind of dumb and unnecessary or just a bunch of military talk. There's a lot of things and human stories and all this stuff that no one went to a Transformers movie to see. That's what me and both me and Chris Stuckman believe. Like you don't go to a Transformers movie wanting to see all the stuff that Michael Bay and his team added to the films. You know, you want to see Optimus Prime. You want to see the Transformers lore if you're a deep nerd of it. You want to see kind of the story of the robots with a little bit of humanity sprinkled in, not as much a human story that's honestly not even the greatest human story with robots stuck in there. I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's just, they aren't, it wasn't my favorite adaptation that they could have done with Transformers. And while Michael Bay is coming back to executive produce it, he did that with Bumblebee, and Bumblebee's a lot different. Bumblebee came out in 2018, and it's a lot better, so to speak, as a Transformers movie. It's nowhere near as inappropriate, and... It's just better May. I feel like the way it flows and all of that. Once again, I've only seen it once, but just what I remember, it flows better. It feels better as a movie. And, well, yeah, I mean, this the director of this one is not either Michael Bay or the person who directed Bumblebee. But, I mean, I, I think not having Michael Bay as the director is going to help the movie be arguably the best Transformers movie. Yeah. Transformers movies have not necessarily been the greatest box office. Not, I'm sorry, not the greatest films ever made. Box office, they've done really well in the box office, but, I mean, they aren't that good. I like Transformers 4. I really do. Age of Extinction. A lot of, some people don't like it. I liked it. I liked Mark Wahlberg a whole lot better than Shia LaBeouf's character. And I loved how it kind of set up a new trilogy. You're kind of bored, I guess, of the way the first three were so similar. And then you get this film that's just a little different, very similar still, but just a little different, set up a trilogy, all for Transformers 5, The Last Night, to kick it away. And basically everything good about Transformers 4 was practically erased in Transformers The Last Night. That movie is very, very, very weird. So like I said, this upcoming film, Transformers, Rides of the Beasts, it could be the best Transformers movie they ever made because mainly I think two reasons. One, it doesn't have Michael Bay as the showrunner of the movie. He's not the visionary behind it necessarily. And I think that would really help it. So like Bumblebee, you'll have that great thing about Bumblebee and that is it's not Michael Bay doing it as like the showrunner. But it will have something even better than Bumblebee because Bumblebee was just a spinoff film. You know, it's a side film starring one main character that's Bumblebee. It's not a Transformers film in the sense that it has all the Transformers waging war on each other and doing epic stuff. 
It just has Bumblebee and a couple others. While this film is a completely full-blown Transformers film. So we'll have the greatness of the fact that it being a Transformers film. But I think it has easy, it can easily be better than the Transformers saga. I guess if you can call it even a saga. The five Transformer films. You know, so we'll get kind of the best of both worlds with this film. I'll be honest, I don't know where they're going, though. Because just a little bit of a history of the Transformers films. You have Transformers 1, you have Transformers 2, and with all of these ones, none of them really connect at all. Transformers 3 to 4 had a little bit connecting, because in Transformers 4, the whole essence of the story is because of the final battle in Transformers 3. This has to happen. But other than that, the movies don't connect as well as they should have. Not as well as if someone like probably Zack Snyder made the films. And, well, they announced, I remember back in the day, oh, we're going to make a cinematic universe out of Transformers, like every other series. It's going to be a cinematic universe. Well, they made their first kind of spinoff movie, Bumblebee, a year after Transformers, The Last Night. And the film is not even in the same universe. I mean, it can't be. The way the film ends is the Transformers are coming to Earth in the 80s, which is not, that doesn't work in the Bayverse, so to speak. In the Bayverse, Bumblebee's been there since World War II and a lot of other things, while in the Bumblebee movie, he comes in in the 80s. So due to reasons like that, they just don't connect, almost like they create a new universe, a kick-starting Bumblebee that has nothing to do with the Transformers films, the five original ones. So... I also heard that this Transformers film I read takes place, Rise of the Beast, is going to take place in the Bumblebee universe. But when I hear the title, I don't really feel like sequel necessarily. I don't feel like they're setting up a saga. They could be. Like, part of me almost worries, is this going to be a standalone film? Or is this going to be a sequel, but kind of like, you know, Man of Steel is to Batman versus Superman? It's not called Man of Steel 2. It's not a direct sequel in that sense, but at the same time it is. So, like... Well, basically, a better way to describe that is, you know, the sequel not necessarily being called Bumblebee 2, but instead this is Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, the sequel to Bumblebee. Because it takes place in the same continuity about seven years later, chronologically. I wonder if they're going anywhere with it, though. Like, is there going to be a Transformers kind of three in this universe of films? Bumblebee, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, and then a third installment? Like, I'd like to know, because I wouldn't mind that. Like, they could make a great Transformers film series and make them connect and just have some great moments and be the best that they could be. And I really hope that Transformers Rise of the Beasts does that. So this film, June 2022, we will definitely be keeping you covered on this film. Can't wait for a trailer to drop. I mean, June 2022, first off, that is pretty recent. to be able, That's pretty close to be able to just announce it. So if it does get pushed back, I mean, I'm not a movie expert, but it wouldn't surprise me if it does. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward for a trailer coming out. The actor for Optimus Prime, Peter Collins himself, the legend, is returning for this film, which was one of the best things about the Transformer films, is Peter Collins, classic, sorry, classic Optimus Prime from the 80s, coming back in this like more epic voice in live action. I mean, that was great in the five films, mostly, and this is going to be great for this film, I hope. So he'll be returning. Frank Welker as Megatron? I really don't know. I mean, Megatron's got to be in it. This film still is about... Autobots versus Decepticons, but other characters like the Maximals and the Predacons and the Terracons, they're joining the picture. But, you know, Megatron has to be in it. I hope so. And who will he be voiced by? I do not know. I will be honest, though. There's one thing good that 
the Transformer films did. And that is their subtitles are genius. I mean, how many other movie series have as cool of subtitles as the Michael Bay, Michael Bay sorry, Transformers films? I mean, you got Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. That's epic right there. And then you have Transformers Dark of the Moon. That is really good. And then you have Transformers Age of Extinction, which has little to do with the actual plot of the movie, it feels like. And then you have Transformers The Last Night. I mean, those are great titles. Now, I will say Rise of the Beasts right now is my least favorite Transformers subtitle. It just it just doesn't strike that same <clears throat> chord. But maybe the movie will be the best Transformers movie ever. I'm looking forward to finding out, and please do Unicron right someday. I really want to see Unicron, pretty please. He was in Transformers 5, but we never got kind of his ultimate fan service that we really desired, I feel like, for me. So, I mean, if he if they're building up to him in future Transformers films, hopefully this next one will not be the last one. Hopefully this is just the beginning of a better era. But please put Unicron in it somewhere and make him be boss. Make him be, like, so good. And now, a look at the latest episode of Loki from We Love That Podcast's expert film analysisists. I mean, analysts. Adam Heldenbrand and Paxton Pritchett. So, what about Loki Episode 4, The Nexus Event? I mean, Adam, I think this was by far one of the best episodes. I mean, Episode 3 wasn't my favorite, personally. But Episode 4, I mean... That was pretty cool, right? Yeah. Very edge of your seat. I mean, it was really, really cool. If you didn't watch it, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it for you. I mean, that sounded kind of... That kind of, that sounded kind of mean. Never mind. But yeah. I'll spoil it because this is a spoiler review. That is well, How would you explain this? This ain't a spoiler review, but this is kind of like... It's halfway a spoiler. It's ha- yeah, it's halfway. It it's is. more like it's more like us talking about it. Yeah. So for this episode, Loki and uh, Sylvia were rescued, quote unquote, because it really wasn't a rescue. It was a sad rescue, if that's what you call it, rescue. Rescued from the, by the TVA from the planet Lamentus, and they were taken prisoners. Loki figured you're, out the you're truth. You're sad that she he died. Yeah, and a lot of stuff happened. At the very end of the episode, they killed off Owen Wilson, and they eventually killed off Loki to reveal that he's not really dead, because they saw the Timekeepers, who were just three animatronics from Disney World. Yeah, and then the scene after the credits is Loki looking at three different versions of himself, it looks like. And that is Loki episode four, the Nexus event, told in a very charismatic way. One did have a hammer, so I'm wondering, that's like the different version of Mjolnir from... Different world. Does Loki ever wield Mjolnir in the comics? Yeah, actually, yeah, it's one without a. But this one doesn't have like a like uh whatever you call it like the like the thing on it. What would you say it was? What holds it to, on to Thor? Yeah, what the thing that makes it you have to be worthy. Oh, okay. So he doesn't have to be worthy. There's a there's a whole thing with Ragnarok in the con. You gotta love Ragnarok. So, the things I liked about the episode, me personally, I loved, like I said, very edge of your seat. Very much revealed more about these timekeepers. Because, you know, they went up to the top floor of the TVA where the alleged timekeepers sat. And, you know, Adam, whenever I was seeing them, 
I was like, that doesn't look like good CGI on Marvel's part. That doesn't look like state-of-the-art Thanos quality, you know, like the best of the best they've ever done. It looks kind of weird. And then after Sylvia, quote-unquote, kills one of them, and the head just rolls down, shoot, it's just an animatronic. No wonder they look so weird. It was kind of hard to understand them. So, I mean, this makes me add a lot of yeah, questions. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking they're not going to be real or something. Yeah, I mean... I was kind of thinking either, there's something going on with the timekeepers. Either they're not real or... There's something going on. I'll be honest. That scene up there reminded me so much of the last Jedi scene with Rey and Kylo visiting Snoke. It's like the same essence. A guy and a girl go up to a throne room where everything changes. Plot twists. You fight the guards. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's way different. Some would argue way better. Because not everyone likes the last Jedi. Let's no one does. If Garrett was here and not off with Garrett... That's what that's what that's what is. I call her. Yeah, the lady variant of Garrett. Adam, Adam has told me. That. I've dubbed her Garrett. Garrett, not Garrett, but Garrett. Yeah, that's what. Did Garrett send you another email about that? Yes. Okay, so yeah. It wasn't any email. It was a message. How about a day? Are you Paxton? Well, I still use email. It's a little possibly out of date. Maybe are emails out of date? Not that much, but. You just, you just wanted to say I was out of friends date. Are, friends text. That is very true. Or maybe they DM'd on Facebook. What? DM. That means direct message on Facebook. Facebook messengers. Huh? It's the it's, it's, it's how you text on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. So, basically, Gary, if you're wondering where he is, he's still off with the TVA. He just revealed the... Got revealed that, you know... The TVA is full of variants, just like everyone else. The Tennessee Valley Authority, all variants. Bad guys controlled by three animatronics from that the Imagineers from Disney World made. And no one knows who's really in charge. Owen Wilson was killed by a bad TVA member. And Gar Garrett himself was uh, stabbed with a forget-me-stick. Because literally, you get forgotten from all of time because they delete you from time, allegedly. And then Garrett ran into three... Uh, versions of himself. One of them looked like he was from a comic. One of them was holding a pig, and the other one looked like me. It's kind of weird. It's not like something that'd be in a bad dream. It might have been a bad dream. You know, Garrett may just wake up tomorrow and it was all just a dream. I don't know. Maybe the TVA is real. So... Maybe, maybe the TVA is like the dream realm. Ooh, now we're getting deep. So, I just gotta say, one of the things I didn't like, I mean, I did like it, but made me so sad is poor Mobius. Poor Owen Wilson. He's my favorite. He got disintegrated. Yeah, and it makes me so sad. He's like my favorite part I, of the show. When, he I just was wanted to ride. when I was watching it, I was like, Paxton's gonna be sad about this. I don't know, he was just right. he just wanted to ride his, uh, what are they called? His, his jet, jet ski. ski. And <laughs> when he was talking about the jet ski, when he was talking about the jet ski, I started cracking up. He's like, he's like, I want to ride a jet ski again. Yeah, and then they kill, and then his his best friend kills him. You know, the person that earlier was like, the I'm his so boss? glad. Yeah, his boss friend was like, I'm so glad that you didn't die earlier. And then she's like, boop, you're dead. So sad. But I have hope. I have so 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 much hope because Tom Hiddleston's Loki's not dead. If you saw the scene after the credits, after hearing that ridiculously, uh, that cool song, 
and then you hear more cool music afterwards. But anyways, when you see that scene after the credits, Loki's like, am I in hell? And then he looks up, and he sees, like, three other versions of himself. That's what Adam told me. That's what he believes it yeah, is. Yeah, one has a hammer, one looks like the old version from the comics, and the other one I... Was he, was he holding a pig? He might have been. I thought he was holding a pig. And I think that actually happens in the comics. Did he turn Thor into a pig? Is that, isn't that part of the no, comic? No, I think no, he Thor turned, into a frog. I think, yeah, he turned Thor into a frog. Spider ham. Spider ham, yes. That would be kind of funny random if he was holding spider ham. I think that actually, yeah. That would be amazing. So, if Loki is still alive after being hit with one of those things that, whatever they do, what, can Mobius be alive as well? Is there a Mobius surrounded by three versions of Mobius? Maybe, I don't know. But either way, I'm so, so hoping that we'll see more of Mobius. Another question that this episode... You just like Mobius, don't you? I do. Mobius is my favorite. If Mobius is in Thor, Love, and Thunder, wow. I'm thinking that they actually did put him back in his timeline. Because they this is the same, the same Loki that was... Um, Know what I mean? This, yeah. is, this isn't a different Loki. This is, You're right. This is this is our Earth's Loki, or our you know universe's Loki. And Paxton was trying to counter me the whole time, and I was like, Paxton, this is, you're so dumb. Oh, you don't have to be mad about me. I'm always mad about you. You're just the dumbest person I know. Dang, that's mean. So, question: Are there actually real timekeepers? Who's actually in charge of the TV? There are no real timekeepers. Like a friend of mine at work told me today that he thinks like he saw someone say what if it was a more powerful version of Loki another variant who's in charge of this TVA so if the timekeepers are absolutely bogus no such thing as them then who is who is why is the TVA existing is that whole backstory of that uh that that one animated clock told is that all fake is that not the real past was there not actually a real multiverse well duh Paxton I mean so What's it actually going to be like? What's the, what's this new? What what really happened? How and old now, is the TVA? You know, they're not hinting at in final battle or whatever. We'll you, find you out. You were like, you were like, are they hinting at a final battle? And I was like, that's not how I said. Dumb butt. They might still be. You never know. They're not. Never. They already had their Kevin freaking Bage. final battle. So. Also, I can't wait to see more in the next episode of those three versions of Loki at the scene after the credits. Like, who are they? Why? Like, why are they at this spot? Were they also vaporized from existence with that really crazy stick that can do that? Like, why are they there? And why do they tell Loki, "Come with us if you want to live"? Except because the TVA is hunting them, though. That is true. The TVA probably is hunting them. Also, I want to know more about the girl that killed Owen Wilson, who is apparently his friend, <laughs> some friend. Like, are they... She might just be the one controlling all of them. She might be. What if she was actually the real baddie? That Did you remember when she got up, when she saw the timeline was getting all out of control? Mm-hmm. She did. She is, she's, got, she's pretty powerful, the person. I mean, she might not be the most... That, I doubt that. She might not be the most powerful, but she she seems pretty. So, I've heard many, I've heard people talk about, like, what if Kang the Conqueror is in this show? I know he's going to be in Ant-Man 3, Quantum Mania. What if he is? I would love it so much. I mean, Kang the Conqueror, I don't know. He's a time travel villain, so. That is true. 
I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where this show goes and what's going to happen. I mean, there could be some really cool and crazy stuff that happens. Adam, any last words on this show? Hopefully Garrett gets back soon from his grand adventure. I really hope so, And he so doesn't too. die. Again, Garrett probably looked in the future and saw all the times he dies. He probably did. I hope not. I'm going to admit, life without Garrett would be sad. He probably was stopping a, a mad titan or something. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of We Love That Podcast. I'm your host, Paxton Pritchett, along with my super cool, super epic, super legit co-host, Adam Heldenbrand. Along with usually Garrett Burke, if you are new to the show and never have listened to him before, don't worry, he's about to be back, hopefully, from his Doctor Who-esque uh, time travel adventure with the TVA. With the, in, in the, in the, in the Chuck E. Cheese, um, yeah, like, and, Chuck E. Cheese animatronics, animatronics uh, yeah. all that beautiful stuff. Yeah, so if you don't like us already on Facebook, don't forget to do that. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So, well, thank you so much for listening to another episode, and we will see you next time. Poor Garrett. Poor Garrett. <laughs> At least it wasn't as grim as it starts at your feet and it goes up to you. That is true. That was pretty bad. I think being hit by an infinity, like being snapped from the infinity gauntlet, that sounds a lot worse than being made right from existence. Yeah.